Welcome to the Called Up Podcast. This is the place for the dreamers, the dreamers who desire to fulfill all God has created them to be. I am your host, Marquise Harris, and we will be talking all things faith, legacy, and the pursuit of purpose. Y'all, get ready, because it's about to go up. All right, officially welcome to this week's episode of the Called Up Podcast, y'all. I'm super excited that you're tuned in, whether you're listening on your way to work, you're in the kitchen or working out. Hey, I must tell you this, that you're going to want to bookmark this one. I mean, there's going to be some stuff in here that you're going to want to take notes on. So get your notepads ready because this is about to be one of those episodes. So the title of today's episode is Walk With authority. And in this, we're going to explore the question, what does it mean to walk with the authority of God? And the backdrop of this episode comes from the story of Peter. And for those that are unfamiliar with this story, we, those that grew up in the church or those that have been around know a little bit about this, know it enough. But, but for those that may be a little bit unfamiliar with it, we're going to reference this from Matthew 14, 22 through 33. And I'm not going to read the full story, but I do want to highlight a couple of scriptures from this particular passage because it's it's a powerful backdrop to what it is that we're going to be talking about today with this concept of what does it mean to walk with the authority of God? And so if we start with verse 27, it says this, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I don't be afraid. Quick context here. Prior to this, he the the disciples are out in the middle of the lake. They're on a boat and at a far distance, they see what they perceive to be a ghost. So that's what precedes this particular verse here. So this is where he picks up. Take courage. It is I don't be afraid. So verse 28 picks up. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So this story, I mean, there's so much to unpack here, but I'm going to focus on a very small point of this particular thing, because I think often we focus on the side where Peter doubted Jesus and his focus was on the circumstance. He was looking at the wind. He he realized, man, I'm walking on these ways. It's like, oh, my gosh, am I about to die? Or there, there's so many different thoughts that could have came across his mind during this particular moment. But I want to focus on something in particular. I want to focus on what Jesus said to him in verse twenty nine. He said, come such a profound statement here, because when we look at this scripture, we often overlook everything else because we're, we're focusing in on, you know, Peter got out the boat. He started walking and then, but he, but we forget what was prefaced by this is that Jesus said, come. How many of us have ever asked something knowing that we really didn't believe the person that we were asking in the first place? Like, like, I know you're lying, but I'm going to still ask you to see if you you at least confess up to that fact. It's um, that's kind of the vibe that I get from this moment when when Jesus is 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 walking on the water and and Peter's get is asking him like, you know, Jesus, if it is really you, like like tell me to come out on the water. In the moment, think about how crazy that 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 request was. They're like, "Oh, I'm just going to get out the boat and go walk on the water and see how the thing goes." But really in this what what we're seeing 
is that this is the case with Peter when he's beginning to realize, like, hold on, like, it could be God, it could be him, but I don't really know if this is really Jesus that's doing this thing, but I'm going to ask anyway. And so he gets out the boat. So Jesus says, come, he gets out the boat and he starts walking. Then reality hits him like, oh, snap. It really is him. And then he begins to sink and Jesus must save him. So we know this, right? But how does this apply to you? Like, you know, why this story is the backdrop of walking authority? Because, you know, you use Peter, you use this example of him beginning to sink. You use the example of him walking on the water and all these different things. But I want you to reflect. What is that thing you question God about in faith, quote unquote, but in reality, you were on the fence? Was it a dream to become an author, open a business, write that song? And let's just say you started to do that thing. And then life hit you. You just stopped. Fear and doubt set in. And then you realize like, man, God, I don't even know if that was really you that answered answered that prayer of me even coming out and, and doing this thing. But I challenge you to think about this like. One of the main plots of the enemy is to make us feel like we're unworthy of God's favor or blessing. He wants us to feel trapped in past shame and doubts and fears and guilt, rejection, anything that can keep the that can keep us bound and unable to move forward in the things that God really wants us to do. That's the scary part of how much we succumb to not only the lies of the enemy, but also the lies that say we are inadequate, the lies that say we aren't enough, the lies that tell us that apart from God, we can do everything. Right. But that's not really the case because the scripture tells us the exact opposite. Apart from God, we're not able to do much. We tried that. And we see how far that got us. So I want you to journey with me really quickly. One of my favorite quotes I heard years ago when I was in college, and it has stuck with me since. It's from Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love. And it states this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light not our darkness that frighten that most frightens us. And normally people stop here. They normally stop here because because don't get me wrong. This first part is powerful. That man, our, our deepest fear is that we are inadequate. We're powerful beyond measure. But I want you all to check out the rest of what this quote says extended out of this excerpt from her book. It goes on to say this. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant? Gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Ooh, ouch. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, 
we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That's one of those mic drop moments. Just hit the ground and just walk away. That last line alone is. I'm going to read it again. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. You ever heard the phrase like sometimes it's just a matter of you showing up that makes the difference in someone else's life. Your liberation is literally the key. We don't need a world of copycats because that's what that's what the world wants is. That's what the world wants us to do. Hey, here's here's my blueprint of success. Take these take these six steps and you're going to get the exact same thing that I have. Don't get me wrong. There are moments where. Some of that stuff has its merit. Don't get me wrong. But each of us have a unique footprint. We have a unique fingerprint that we're supposed to leave on this world. We're not meant to copy the exact same thing as someone else. And there was something else from this quote that just that just stung. And I said, whoa, listen to this piece again. It says there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Let me tell a personal story on this one. When we think about this idea of shrinking back so that others don't feel insecure around us, you know, I reflect on a lot of different things. When I think about being in school, when I think about being, you know, in leadership positions, whether it be in my job or whether that be in the church or different community settings, There's often a moment where I know naturally I have a a type A personality, very dominant, uh, very leadership focused. I'm very much about understanding when there's a when there's a person that needs to step up and take the lead. I'm often one of those individuals that do so. Not that not that it's a it's it's a place to boast, but it's a place to understand where my gifts are, where I know the leadership qualities are essential for a moment, being able to recognize and discern when there are moments where I need to step up and there are other moments where I need to take a step back to allow others to step up. But in doing so, we begin to think about like, man, if if I step up too much, are these other people around me going to feel like, man, oh man, well, you know, uh, I wish I had what he had or I wish I had what she had. I wish I had a little bit more of this. I wish I could speak as eloquent as you. I wish I could write as well as you do. I wish I could sing as much as you do. Like so there, there are so many different doubts and so many different things that that begin to well up on the inside. And when it talks about there is nothing enlightened about shrinking. Here's the key. When we think about this idea of light shining, light shines in the darkness. That's when you can see it. If you looked up in the sky right now and it was it was completely dark outside you will be able to see each star bright and you'll be able to trace the path. That's where we get all the constellations and all of that. But when we think about this idea of us not shrinking back, that means we have to be that 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 city on the hill. I talked about this in in the first episode of this idea in Matthew where, hey, a city on the hill isn't meant to be hidden. It's at the top so that people can see it. Imagine if the light inside of you is meant to is is meant to light up an area, but you're afraid that people, when they see their light, they're going to get insecure. But in reality, what they needed was your light so that they can walk freely in the path that God is destined for them for them to do. But they can't do it without you. 
They can't do it without you showing up. So you have to recognize that the insecurities that we anticipate in others are often the lies that say we are too much for someone. But in reality, God has supplied everything that we need in order to show up, in order to be enough, in order to be that light that shines so bright that not that you get the glory, because that's where we get it twisted. We get it twisted that we want people to look at us so they look at us. But the reality is the scripture tells us and God shows us that when our light shines, it's not that they give glory to us. They give glory to the God within us, the living God. And so that's the difference when we're beginning to walk in that power, when we're walking in that authority is that we recognize what's going on on the inside of us. So when we think about this idea of when we were born. That we were crafted from the very beginning, that that he knows the number of hairs on our head because he had that much care in the detail that went into our creation. Therefore, when we think about our path, when we think about the walk that we're on in this life, if we forget that element, when we see all these different things that are going on with us, everything that's wrong with the world, we forget the power that's operating on the inside of us. So when we go back to this idea of your liberation is what gives us others the ability to be also liberated that's a powerful testament to what it is that we have the power to do and the enemy wants us to believe otherwise the rejection the past fears the past pains don't get me wrong we have to get through these things but there was a there's a quote I heard years ago, like, are you going to go through something or are you going to grow through something? There's a difference because we can go through something and then go through it again and go through it again and go through it again and, and be frustrated because we're trying to figure out why do I keep coming back to this place? Why can't I get past this point? And the reality is, is that we're not growing through this point of where God needs us to. We're not getting it. And so if we're allowing ourselves to to walk in that power, walk in that authority, then we have to realize when we said yes to him, we said yes to his way, yes to his will. And most importantly, we said yes to his power. Y'all, we said yes to his power. When we're connected to the source, the same power that that had the power to rise from the dead, to to to, to do so much in this world, with the miracles, the healing, the testimonies of faith, all of these things is the same power that operates on the inside of us. If we don't get that point, then what we miss is where we're really not being able to walk in that authority, being able to unlock what it is on the inside of us to walk in a way in which where others give reverence to who it is that God is. And so here's the thing. When I reflect on my story of fear of coming out to Kansas City, for example, I'm from Texas, born and raised, been that, been there all my life. And when I knew that God was calling me to come to Kansas City, it was a crazy point because my wife at, at the time we were engaged and I knew it just made sense. It just made sense. I knew God is telling me, hey, you need to come out to Kansas City like this is going to be the new place. But if you would ask me years ago, I'm like, no, nah, man, I ain't never leaving Texas, man. Texas is the place to be. And sure enough, God's like, no, nah, this is going to be one of those walk on water experiences. I need you to get out the boat, get out the boat of your comfort. And I'm like, Lord, if it, this is really you tell me to come. And I was like, OK, good. I came. <laughs> I came to Kansas City. Wife and I got married. And of course, we we that first year was a tough year for us because I was still living in this imagery of the past of, man, I'm still I got to get back to Texas. Our first six months, the mindset was 
all right, Kayla's going to graduate. I'm going to get ready to go. We're going to pack up and get ready to go back to Texas. And that's going to be that. But Lord said, no, 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 no. That's that's not what I have for you. And so I literally had to fall flat on my face and pride, give everything up of what I depended on for myself in order to walk in what it was that God had for me. And so in that, I had to learn what it meant to come to the end of self, to let God take the reign and ultimately be elevated that my trust in him was unwavering to the point we hear the scriptures where Lord were like, hallowed be, I, hallowed be thy name. Give us this day our daily bread. Where that scripture became real. Where there were points where I literally was like, God, I don't know how this next day is going to work. But give me this day the faith that I need, the bread that I need, literally, figur- figuratively, spiritually, whatever it is that you can imagine. It was that was that prayer point where I had to take that step back and understand the difference between trusting God and trusting in God and trusting in him is a different place because we're resting in him. We're resting in his word. We're resting in the authority and understanding that when we when we let go of our own will and give it to him, it makes all the difference. So when we talk about that power and walking in authority, that's what's resting on the inside of you. The question is, do you recognize that it's the it's what rest it is what's resting on the inside of you? Do you trust him or do you trust in him? Do you believe in him? Do you know him? If not, today is a great day to draw closer. Today is a great day to understand as he reveals more of your life. It requires more of you. It requires more of your time. It requires more of your submission because the submission is the key to the liberation. It seems counterintuitive, but that's how God works. When we submit to his will, that's where true freedom comes. That freedom to walk. And what it is that is, that's when we begin to unlock those gifts. That's when we begin to unlock that authority. That's when we begin to to break the chains of bondage that has held our, our families bound, that generational curses, all these different things that that plague us, that plague our families. We have the ability to walk in that when we submit that liberation then comes. So as we close out this particular episode, here's your homework. Once you take some action. Because it's not just enough to listen. I want you to take some action here. First thing I want you to do. I want you to revisit a vision from long ago you prayed about. Think about long ago. Maybe in a couple years ago, maybe in a few years ago, you began to do that thing and then you got discouraged. You became fearful. Life hit you. Could have been that book, could have been school. Could have been a number of different things, that project, that business, whatever it is. I want you to go back and revisit that. Second thing. Pray. Pray that God gives you gives you clarity. Now, understand what specific things about this clarity. In your prayer, pray, Lord, is there something new? About this vision 
Or is there just something that needs to be refined? Are you giving me something brand new or are you refining something? Because what we often find is that sometimes the things of the past, the vision of the past just takes on a new form and some things just need to be tweaked a bit. But it still aligns with where it is that God has you and everything happens for a reason. All good things work together. And once we recognize that, we understand that nothing was for waste. Third thing, last thing, journal. If you don't have one, get one. It's important to document this. Document these experiences. Document what it is that God is revealing. Because when you come back to this later on this year, later on next year, a couple years from now, you will be able to learn from this moment, build on this moment, and share it with others. So, are you ready to walk in that authority? It's up to you. You have that call. You have to make that decision. So what I challenge you, take those three action steps. Get out the boat. Just like Jesus said, he said, come, you need to go. I want you to share this episode with someone who you believe will benefit from hearing this. And if you got to go back, take some notes, replay it, go back to the middle, go back to the beginning when sharing the story. Do whatever it is that you got to do so that you begin to walk in that authority that's already on the inside of you. And it's on you to recognize that. So until next time, hey, remember, it's time to go up.